This is Fred Stoller. You may know me from Seinfeld, Dumb and Dumber, Get Off the Phone, Everybody Loves Raymond, and the original OG Thrill Seeker. You know what I did? I I'm going to rent a movie. I'm not going to rewind it. That's why I love this podcast. You are listening to Massive Late Fee with Mike and Mark. Oh, yeah. I used to just uh, return videos and not rewind them. Screw that late fee. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Fred. This is, as you may have, you may have guessed, dumpster. phone. <laughs> I love that he's the original, original gangster. Gangster. It's, it's, he kind of is. It's two doubles. The original OG gangster. Do you think Fred Solar rehearsed that or he just went off the dome? Oh, he absolutely went off the dome. That is freestyling Fred Stoller all the way. Good old freestyling Fred. Oh, man. That was very generous for the amount it costs to do that. Thank oh, absolutely. And I, and I believe he donated his uh, his cameo money to charity. Oh, nice. He donated it to uh, Kathy Griffin uh, Soup Kitchen. Feeding Kathy Griffin. That's great. <laughs> she likes soup a lot. She's she's a Ted Cruz of comedians. <laughs> Did you ever hear about that? How Ted Cruz would just eat nothing but canned soup during the week? <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, I guess it was probably alphabet soup because he's a fucking Zodiac killer. Right. Speaking fucked up. Exactly. Oh. That doesn't sound very good for you, like canned soup. Yeah, I wouldn't think that's a lot of sodium. I, I, I wonder if anyone's checked, checked his blood pressure recently. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Canned soup. Apparently, that's the breakfast of fascists uh, <laughs> but uh Not Italian. the so Mia. i guess i like there again it's not like a ton of stuff is going on in the world of entertainment right now uh love island is currently airing on cbs <laughs> what the hell is love island i have no idea although not if you're watching this it sounds like another one of those a group of single islanders shows. Yeah, a group of single islanders come together in a stunning villa on a beautiful tropical island ready to embark on a summer of dating, romance, and ultimately relationships. You know, to really make this uh, series pop full penetration. Yeah, if they were literally coming together. Jeez. I mean, at what point is network TV going to have to succumb to that to just get ahead in the ratings? Oh, absolutely. Eventually, that's happening. Eventually, it's going to be fuck house. Fuck and then the ratings will uh, be higher than ever. You know who will be the first contestant is Jerry Falwell Jr.'s wife. <laughs> oh, my God. That is the funniest thing I've ever heard of in my entire life. <laughs> For those of you unaware, Jerry Falwell Jr. is apparently, although it's still not confirmed, but apparently stepping down from being the head of Liberty University. Yeah, that... he, actually, he actually said he wasn't doing that, and they're going to have a special meeting tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Be, but uh, revelations came out that a Hispanic man has been fucking his wife for the last 12 years while he sits in a corner and watches and drinks brandy. Yeah, and there was, a, there was a confirmation from a reporter that saw a picture, or it was like a video of, like, she was nude talking to him, and Ted Cruz, like, kind of just casually walks by in the background, and, like, you know, completely is aware of it. Ted Cruz? Ted Cruz? Ted Cruz? Is he yeah, is he eating soup? He's eating soup. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually pouring soup on Jerry Falwell Jr.'s wife. Right. I'm part of this too. <laughs> hey guys, do you think I should blow up another bus full of kids in San Francisco? 
Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, my, my dad killing JFK really fucked me up. Yeah, what a story, man. <laughs> um somebody had a, a very good joke. He's <laughs> somebody said that Jerry Falwell Jr. was supposed to speak at the Republican convention this week, but now he just wants to watch. <laughs> There's so many, so many jokes out there. It's so hilarious because usually with these kind of people, like it's it's not just one person. Like it's one person comes out and then like, hey, you know what? They've been doing that with me too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. And then you find out that uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. was blowing a guy. A lot of people are very hypocritical. That's all I have to say. Right. I mean, if you're into that, you're into that. Who cares? I don't care. Mm-hmm. But I mean, don't like. But don't create an entire always, university where you lecture people on suppressing everything that they want to be sexually. Yeah. What are you trying to do there, Jerry Falwell uh, Jr.? Cause hurricanes? Because that's how they happen. <laughs> exactly. According to you. Oh my God. What a disgrace. No offense. Wait. Offense. Take offense to that, Jerry Falwell Jr. I know you're listening. His poor father looking down from, you know, well, you know. Right. The, his grave. Great. <laughs> they buried him in the sky for some reason. Uh-huh. Um, Speaking of being buried in the sky, though, uh, the Batman trailer came, came out this uh, yes. Uh, how do you feel about this? So, uh, so now it's hard to judge based on trailers. I guess uh, I heard a lot of people that were like, "Oh, badass," and I'm kind of like, "Eh, it looks whatever." I mean, I I don't like watching Batman like fucking mercilessly beat the shit out of somebody is not exactly my idea of a good time. So I don't know. We'll see. That's not really that's not really a Batman thing. That's that's what Batman's not like the Punisher or Casey Jones from the Ninja Turtles. Exactly. Yeah. And what I don't like is like uh, I don't know why Robert uh, Pattinson looks all like uh, gothy. He looks like the like he's auditioning for the Crow. Like his his hair is all in his face and it's like mm-hmm. pitch black. It's that's that, that's unnecessary. That again, that's what uh, Batman doesn't dwell upon. That he uses the energy to. Uh, you know, beat up strangers while wearing a leather fetish bat costume. Exactly, and seeing him on a and at a crime scene with regular cops is is much more jarring when he's supposed to be this dark. Because it's like here's a realistic Real scenario, cops. and now a bat. Right. But the yeah, there's there's a very fine line. You have to make the violence somewhat cartoonish. I feel in these Batman movies, mm-hmm. like I, I feel that Batman Returns, the one with Heath Ledger as the Joker. I think that would return, or that's a Dark Knight. That's right, the Dark yeah. Knight. Yep. So they had the perfect blend. I mean, you can't realistically expect someone to be like in a semi truck, just bl- I mean, you know, blasting out the side and you know, blowing cars up and all this crazy stuff. But I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's 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 put into a context where it's it's believable. You know, you, you never really question it while it's happening. Exactly. And yeah, I think the Christopher Nolan movies, I think all of them kind of, they hit the right tone of realistic, but also, like you said, somewhat cartoonish. Because ultimately you have to try and convince people that a a man could dress up like a a giant bat. Mm -hmm. And that would be a more effective way to fight crime than just like, you know, a ski mask. (laughs) Right, exactly. That's just completely unnecessary. The Batman. I, I, you know eventually when I can watch it in the comfort of my home, I'll probably watch it, but I'm not going out of my way to see this. Yeah, I don't think so either. And that's no, I mean, 
I, I haven't I haven't seen the Robert Pattinson guy in anything. I heard he's like a good actor and stuff. You know, like I haven't seen the Twilight movies or like that Lighthouse movie. Um, the Tenant movie sounds it sounded interesting, but I, the reviews make it sound like it's not as you know good as I would hope. Like I don't know if you've read any of the reviews or anything. Yeah, it, I've heard a lot of disappointment. Of course, we can't see it because it's only in theaters. And when I looked up the nearest theater uh, to me showing it, it was in Ontario. They're really in Canada. They have more, but I'm surprised. I thought they'd be more strict than us. I, I think they're not as the. It's not as widespread in Canada as it is here. So I think they're in a different phase of opening up. And I don't know what kind of restrictions they might have in place, like if it's like smaller groups or whatever. But I I, I don't want to go to know. a fucking movie theater anyway. Let before the pandemic, let alone now. Right. Yeah, speaking of which, uh, I'm very excited that uh, Bill and Ted Three is coming out uh, directly to video on demand. Yeah, we yeah, we should we should absolutely talk about. It. We should actually absolutely watch that and talk about it when it comes. Yeah, I'm going to watch that on Friday. Like uh, I usually uh, have a role playing game I run on Fridays, like mm-hmm. until about like eleven thirty or midnight. So right. after that, I'm probably going to watch it. Yeah, yeah, I'll watch it too, and we'll talk about it. Uh, I think it's like twenty five dollars, but when you really factor in, like you know, if like it's uh, my friend Matt usually comes over, so it'll be probably him, my wife, and I watching it. That's like you know eight dollars a seat right there. But yeah. plus, we don't have to worry about like you know, oh no, I'm going to miss something if I go to the bathroom, or oh, we didn't bring popcorn, or mm-hmm. what the fuck is Jerry Falwell Junior doing over there in the corner staring <laughs> at us? What is he expecting? Because nothing like that's going to happen. What a weirdo! I like to watch people do everything. Jerry Falwell's just—he's not sit over there in the corner watching uh watching Lady Liberty get uh you know <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Am I right? Absolutely. So, Mike, we uh, we've got oh you know I was gonna say uh, we've got we went out to my my family and I we went out to the park the other day and we saw a group of geese and I I for some reason I like the uh the pack names of an- of animals <laughs> group names of animals i don't Your know gaggle. yeah i don't i don't know why but i like i told my my family you know it's a gaggle of of geese and um you know like one of my favorite ones is a group of bears is called a sleuth but i was thinking about it on the drive home what what would be a group of storks it have to be an afterbirth right an afterbirth of storks yeah yes because I'm very, uh, I'm very into birds, but I don't know much about storks, and I frankly don't care about them. So no. I mostly care about raptors and uh, and corvids, not covids, corvids. <laughs> Corvid nineteens, nineteen corvids. If anyone wants to send me a, uh, a murder of crows or even a conspiracy of ravens, uh, feel free to do so. There you go. So speaking of conspiracies, uh, as promised last week, Mike, I have compiled a list of celebrities some of whom are scientologists some of whom are not oh i forgot all about this mike are fucking kill this game are you ready to play scientologist or not i was born ready for this okay so we're gonna start off easy here here let's get a little mood music here we're gonna start off easy here uh kirsty alley yes she is a scientologist correct uh number two leah remini Formerly a Scientologist. <laughs> I was going to say tricky. There are there are some former ones on here as well. Correct. Formerly a Scientologist. Jennifer Aniston, Scientologist or not? Not. Correct. 
Uh, Catherine Bell from the popular television show Jag. Hmm, I don't know much. I don't think I know much about her. I'm guessing I would know if she was, so I'm going to say not. She is a Scientologist. Ah, okay. Do the jets look like the uh, DC 13s that flew people's <laughs> souls into volcanoes on Jag? <laughs> yeah, probably, yes. <laughs> Uh, Nancy Cartwright uh, of The Simpsons fame. I think you're trying to trick me up here because I don't think Nancy Cartwright is. But the oh wait, no 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 that's not, not correct. She yes I was thinking I was thinking Yardley Smith for some reason. But Nancy Cart- Cartwright is a big time Scientologist. In fact, she used the voice of Bart to advertise for Scientology, which kind of caused a little bit of controversy a few years ago. Correct, she is a Scientologist. Uh, Jenny Elfman of Dharma and Greg fame. I know. I don't know if she still is, but she definitely was at one time a Scientologist. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's not 1997, so no one knows what the fuck she's up to. <laughs> my most recent, my most recent information has her as yes, a Scientologist. So, so you'll get you'll get that one right. Uh, Thomas Gibson, Greg from Dharma and Greg. Did he join her in I don't Scientology? Think so. You are correct. He is. I don't believe that he is. He is not a Scientologist. That is right. Wait, is Zarma and Greg the show with, uh, hmm, they, they, like, oh, no, I don't think that's the one I'm thinking of. The one with, like, the gay uh, the gay guy and, like, he's, like, the Deborah Messing? No, that's... What's that show called? What's, what's that show called? That's called Will and Grace. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. Dharma and Greg was the inspiration for Lost, the Dharma and Greg I initiative. I, <laughs> I, uh, I guess. Uh popular rap star doug e fresh i believe he is he is a scientologist very shocking to me how about uh popular actress elizabeth moss elizabeth moss is she the one who's in uh, get him to the greek and the uh the handmaiden's tale yes that is correct Scientologist. She is a Scientologist. What about her sister? Actually, no relation. Carrie Ann Moss of uh, Trinity fame uh, in The Matrix. No, I, I don't believe she is. But whenever, you, whenever someone says the Elizabeth Moss, I think about isn't there like a model named Kate Moss who's that, like very thin? Yes, that is correct. That, I always think of her, but I, I, I do not believe that uh, Carrie Ann Moss is a Scientologist. You are correct. She is not. How about Lisa Marie Presley? Daughter of Priscilla Presley, former wife of Michael Jackson, is she a Scientologist? I, I believe at one point she was, but I'm not positive on that. Okay, so you're saying former, or you're saying at, yeah. at, at, at one at least at one point I believe she was. I don't know if she's a former. It's possible she never was. But I'm just she, I'm gonna say yes, she's a Scientologist. She's a former Scientologist. You got that? Uh, right. Okay. How about her mother? I don't, I don't keep up with. How about her mother, Priscilla Presley? Did it come from I her? Believe, I don't. I don't. No, I don't believe it did. You are incorrect. She is a Scientologist. Oh, is she? Huh. Still a Scientologist. Did you know that Leah Rimney's mother is like a higher rank Scientologist than Leah Rimney was? <laughs> oh, wow. I think it's because like Leah Rimney was just giving her all her money to like go fucking do Scientology all day when she was like having a, you know, pretend she was attracted to Kevin James. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or Zach Morris at the beach house. All right, here's one for you. I want you to think about this one deeply. Nicholas Cage. Is Nick Cage a Scientologist? No, I, he is not a Scientologist. That is correct. Nick Cage is not a Scientologist. Uh, Jason Lee, 
Brody, as uh, he's known. Jason Lee is a former Scientologist. In fact, I think some people believe he moved to he moved to like Nebraska or Oklahoma or mm-hmm. Kansas, one of those places, to kind of get away from Scientology. Correct. Former Scientologist. Jaden Smith, son of William Smith, and the entanglement expert uh, Jada Pinkett Smith. See, actually, I believe the Smiths are often accused of being, being Scientologists, but I believe there is no formal formal evidence that any of them have ever actually been Scientologists. Fuck, I couldn't trip you over that one either. Correct, he's not a Scientologist, at least as far as we know. Uh, Tori Spelling, daughter of Aaron Spelling, 90210 fame. I don't, I don't believe so, no. She is not a Scientologist. Their only religion is money. Uh, <laughs> Neil Jeez, G- seeing how I know her actual background, that's really rude to say. No, I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> actually, I really like uh, the Spellings. Uh, they've been over to my house a couple times. Neil Gaiman, oh. uh, Scientologist or not? Nope, nope, not. Former Scientologist. Really? I never knew that he was a Scientologist. Yes, his apparently he was raised in it, and his father was a prominent Scientologist. He left when, you know, basically from, like, as soon as he could, kind of, he, he left Scientology, and he does not like to talk about it. That's interesting. Yeah, I never knew that. I, did, I honestly didn't. I mean, I guess it makes sense because I know in Germany they're like banned, so they must be in Europe. But I didn't realize they were big enough in England and like that far back. Yeah. Uh, Giovanni Ribisi. Oh, the Ribisis are very Scientologists. In fact, his sister Marissa Ribisi is married to Beck, who is also a Scientologist. So Beck seems to downplay the fact that he's a Scientologist. Yeah, I, uh, I, I had to include at least one my two dads connection. <laughs> And there's something weird, like, like either like Beck's mother delivered uh, Giovanna Urbisi's sister, or maybe Giovanna Urbisi's mother delivered Beck, like as a midwife kind of thing. Interesting. So they've been like, it's kind of weird that they've known each other for so long. Usually when you're that close, it's almost like an incestuous same thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, William F. Burroughs, famous author. I don't. I can't imagine just the way he was, but I mean, it's. I mean, he seems like such a contrarian, but I, I don't think he was. No, former Scientologist. Oh wow, he was in it for a little while and then he got out. Uh, final, way worse than I thought of this game. Final one, Vince Offer, uh, who you might now know as the ShamWow guy. Okay. Yeah. See, I know he's Jewish, like actually from like Israel. So I don't know if that makes him Jewish or Israeli or both or mm-hmm. neither. Right. Um, he seems like the type who would be a Scientologist, so I'm just going to guess that he is or was, but I, I don't really know for sure. A former Scientologist. He is no longer part of the sect, but a former Scientologist. Thank you. Mike, you got uh, 16 out of 20, which is, is pretty good. That's a, uh, that's a, a solid 80%. Yeah, I, I feel disappointed, though. I, I think I should have done better. Well, I did trip you up with a, a few of them. A few of them shocked the hell out of me. I'll tell you that much. Ethan Suppley, Scientologist. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. There, There's a few people that have worked with Kevin Smith that have turned to Scientology. Right. I don't I mean, know what that they, says about Kevin in, Smith. If they believe in that, they'll believe in a Kevin Smith script. To, uh, <laughs> <laughs> get that new job. <laughs> Just kidding. Please don't send us uh, page after page of black faxes to waste all our ink toner. Yeah, exactly. Do you remember that down in Royal Oak, there used to be a Scientologist building, like, yeah, an out, um, like an outreach center or something? 
I think it was, I don't know what it was, but my friend Matt, like, uh, we knew this other guy uh, whose name was Andy, but uh, we already knew an Andy, so he was known as other guy. Okay. He, was like this, he was like, he was like where we learned uh, this term. Like, apparently he was obese. He had class three obesity, which is like the worst, like, category you could have. So what, he was kind of like, what's moldy, class, like, you know. What's class three obesity? I, I guess it's like a certain, I, I don't know. I think it's like a certain percentage of over, like, you know what you're supposed to weigh at or, or a certain BMI. I don't know, but we nice. thought it was hilarious. So probably when you're 16, it's not especially good. <laughs> no, probably but, not. but anyways, uh, he and Matt went to the Scientology uh, thing and they gave him a free personality test. Or I don't know if Matt took it. I know the other guy did. And apparently they're like, oh, you're really depressed. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's because you're competing in obesity at a pro level and you're only 16. <laughs> After you know your sumo career, I'm 16. Oh. <laughs> wow. That's funny. So, of course, he needed to pay to get his thetans uh, exercised or whatever. Yeah. You know, one of the most brilliant, like, uh, I wouldn't say it's a parody, but like, a, like, I guess a reference to Scientology, in my opinion, is this episode of the show Millennium called uh, Jose Chung's Doomsday Defense. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, have you ever seen that? Yes, I have. I, Jose, Jose Chung has an X-Files connection. So yeah, I, I, yeah. It's one of, I haven't seen a lot of uh, Millennium, but I have seen that one, yes. Yeah, that's great. The great Charles Nelson Riley plays science fiction author uh, Jose Chung. In uh, in that one, like uh, there's a, a, a basically like there, it, it, it's ob- it's an obvious reference to Scientology. There's got, like a group called Sulfosophists, and they uh, they like they like, employ people to write uh, by, uh, books by this leader who long died. And the the leader is an obvious reference to uh, L. Ron Hubbard and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just like a, a brilliant like kind of send up of the whole thing, but. I mean, it's just like kind of interesting, like the whole meditation on belief. It's it's not just Scientology. It's just like, you know, on belief in general and fiction. It's just like a huge meta like analysis of so many things. Like many of the guys, he writes a lot of scripts for the X-Files. Uh, Darren Morgan, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. Like my favorite writer for the X-Files. He's done some really like crazy episodes like Clyde Bruckman's Final Repose was one of his as well. Um, yes, I really like his scripts a lot. They're really good. Yeah, there's. it's funny how when you watch episodic television uh, like people that like Star Trek, right? The the next generation, the or or even some of the the offshoot ones that came after it. There there are because I, I I listen to some podcasts and different um like YouTube channels and stuff like that. They'll talk about different things like this, and they'll reference writers. You know, and it is when you you watch a show a lot, you do kind of get a sense of whose script is whose when they're, you know, when there's a, a big writer's room like that. And they even with the Twilight Zone, you know, there were mm-hmm. a few uh, writers like Rod Serling wrote quite a few. Yep. Uh, I, Richard Matheson wrote a few of them. Yes, he did. I liked um, a lot of Richard Matheson. Charles Beaumont, I think, was another mm-hmm. one of the, uh, the the big writers. I, I think Harlan Ellison, Ellison wrote a couple. Fiction. Yeah. I think he wrote for the Outer Limits. I don't know if he did. He write for the Twilight Zone. I know he wrote at least. Uh, he wrote this uh, episode of the Outer Limits called "Demon with a Glass Hand," mm-hmm. and, uh, and which is about like a robot that comes back in time. Yeah. And then he sued James Cameron when he did the Terminator, and he actually got like some kind of settlement. But I think Carlin Ellison was kind of notorious for like suing everybody over everything. Yeah, he got. I've I've seen that episode, and it's very tenuous. <laughs> like you, I. It's a stretch that that James Cameron saw that even if James Cameron saw that and said, Hey, that gives me kind of an idea for a movie. Um, I do, it's not nearly close enough to me, but, um, but uh, you know, what they did was they settled for some cash and, uh, and they gave him like a credit, uh, in the, in the credits, you know, like a little, I, I can't remember inspired. That's a place by, to put it. 
yeah, inspired by or something like that. But it was in quote, like quotes. <laughs> he wrote, I think Soldier, or no, Soldier was Outer Limits too, right? I'm not sure. Is that the Kurt Russell joint? No, no, no. It's a it's an episode of uh, yeah, it's the Outer Limits. It's also like the Glass Hand and Soldier. They're, they're both kind of you know like he's he's claimed both of them have been used for uh, the Terminator. Sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think I've seen any of the original Outer Limits, but I have seen um, uh, like they had a, a series on Showtime. Uh, there was a couple episodes. They were pretty good, actually. A few mm-hmm. I saw I really liked, but uh, I mean, honest, honestly, they're basically the same show, Twilight Zone and Outer, Outer Limits. Just like I think Twilight Zone must have been more popular because I've seen more of those. And yeah, the Outer yeah. Limits was never really readily available for me to watch when I was younger. Whereas the Twilight Zone, they'd have marathons, etc. Apparently, Har- Harlan Ellison wrote a few episodes of the rebooted or remade or whatever the the 80 the 85 twilight zone series but not any of the original ones i've only seen like two of those they were okay one of them was with a joe montagna where like there was like he thought there was a nuclear war Mm -hmm. and there's another one where like these aliens came to earth and they were saying like all you human beings have is a small talent for war and like they go away for like 30 days like they basically like you know put an end to like you know all war. They melt all the nukes and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. When the aliens come back, they go, "No, no, that was a compliment. I mean, we thought you were good at war, but now you can't even do that right." So they just like started to like destroy the human race. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only good thing about you. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty funny. That is hilarious. I still like. I, I still think the most fucked up Twilight Zone episode. Do you think I know? Do you do you know what I'm going to say here? The most fucked up Twilight Zone episode uh, of the original Twilight Zone. Yeah. Mm, no, I don't. There's a couple of them I can I, think of. I, I think it's time enough at last with uh, Burgess Meredith. Yeah, that one's pretty. Well, this guy wants to do. He just wants to read. That's all he ever wants to do. His wife's like cheating on him or something in that episode. It's like because she he never he, pays he, attention he, like, to her. A, he he says a book and like she like scribbles in it. And finally, everybody just shuts. I mean, as an introvert, this is like a you know, in a lot of ways, a miracle for me. Everybody shuts the fuck up, and he can read all he wants. Mm. And his glasses break. Yeah, but to be fair, he probably already has radiation poisoning, so it's not like he's going to last much longer after that. Nice. <laughs> yeah that that bank vault may have saved him from instant death, but uh, yeah, he's going to die. He ate some horrible food t- and drink. He ate food and water. Yeah, he ate, he ate some water, which is very odd. <laughs> he froze it and then ate it. Right. He's like, fuck you. I'm not drinking this. I do what I want now. Screw your conventions. I don't need to live by society's rules anymore. Do you feel that it would have been wise for him to uh, eat some human flesh? Yeah, of I course. Mean, it's readily available. Yep. You need protein. If you're going to try to survive the the apocalypse, you need protein. Um, uh, My wife and I started watching The Wire again. We're already on like season two, like episode nine, and we just started like a week ago because it's uh, the best show ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had this theory. I can't really explain it to you because it won't make any sense. But uh, I had a theory about it, and I think I'm wrong ultimately. But it was like basically I thought maybe this one character killed someone when this other person was credited with it. It, I kind of, it made sense for about five minutes, and that kind of fell apart. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had like a crazy theory about a show or like a movie? Like I mean, I know I've had this idea, and many other people have, like that James Bond is just like a code name. Like you know, that's why mm-hmm. it's a different person each time. Yeah. And there's some person that has like a theory that I think is really fun about the movie The Rock, where Sean Connery is playing James Bond again. Because he's an SAS agent, you know. Yeah. I mean, why not? Yeah. No, I, the, I, I always like those those little theories. And every once in a while, I'll try to find one, uh, you know, for myself. Um, one thing that I that I always kind of thought, or like a, 
I don't know. It's I guess it's almost kind of like writing fan fiction in your mind. This was before that that was a thing, but. Uh, as many of you know, Harrison Ford plays both Han Solo and Indiana Jones. So my theory was that at some point, uh, Harrison Ford gets sucked into like a wormhole or something like that and gets transported to our galaxy since, you know, all, all the things in Star Wars happened a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Gets like he crashes uh, in Antarctica or something like that. It gets frozen you know, it, yeah, <laughs> gets frozen. Sure. And, uh, but basically he like, he awakes and he, he becomes Indiana Jones. Like they're the same character. Cause they, they, in, in a lot of ways, the way he portrays the characters, they're the same character. But isn't uh, Han Solo dead? Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that the new, the new movies have ruined that for me. Ah, screw the Timster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But yeah, that was before they made the the sequel trilogy. The sequel trilogy ruined so many things, but none more personal than my my own headcanon that her, that uh, Indiana Jones was the same person as Han Indiana Solo. Jones was Harrison Ford. Yeah, <laughs> that Indiana Jones was Harrison Ford as Han Solo in Sophie's the Choice Terminator. for some reason. <laughs> Witness. <laughs> That's a good one, Harrison Ford. Denzel Washington in Angry Men. How? What do you think are the biggest actors that don't care anymore? Because <laughs> Harrison Ford in most of the movies that he does, it's pretty clear he does not care. Well, clearly Robert De Niro is near the top of that list. Oh, for sure. And and Bruce Willis. Eddie Murphy. Yep. Oh yeah, Eddie Murphy I mean, phones. Adam Adam Sandler hasn't cared since like ninety five. Yeah, that at least with with most of these people. So like Robert De Niro, we can say, well, recently the Irishman, he really tries in that, and Eddie Murphy in that uh, Dolomite is my name. He was great in that. Did um, he win any awards for that, or was he nominated? That was, that movie was so good. I was thinking about that the other day. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm not sure if he won. I, I guess it would have been a Golden Globe or an Emmy. I think. I think yeah, they I consider it's a, it's it television. A movie? It's a movie, but I, mean, I think I think they consider it like I don't think it's considered for the Academy Awards because it's on Netflix. Oh, no, they have to play it in, they have to play it in theaters, but I thought they did play that one in theaters, so it could be nominated. Maybe they did. Let's see. Dolomite is my name. Awards. That was a good movie, though. I liked that movie a lot. Yeah, like I said, he like he disappears into the role. You don't. Need, it's it's like a documentary almost. Mm-hmm. All right. Awards. Well, reception, critical response, accolades. Here we go. Okay, so he won the AAFCA Award for Best Actor. American Academy of fucking cool shit. Uh, Let's see. It's the African American Films Critics Association. Uh, Black Reel Awards, he won for that. Like R-E-E-L or R-E-A-L? Oh, it's R-E-E-L. They're going full pun there. Uh, The Golden Globes, he was nominated for... That could be a movie or TV show, though, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, he was nominated for Best Actor, Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. He was nominated, but he did not win. He did win a Golden Raspberry Award for the Razzie Redeemer Award. Which apparently oh, is uh, someone who a past Razzie winner who has subsequently become a respected artist. 
you, you, I, I feel that Eddie Murphy is always good. It's just a script, you know. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Eddie Murphy is fantastic. I mean, Eddie Murphy is a is a comedic and dramatic acting genius. I mean, he's so good in everything he's in. I mean, mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy has been brilliant since he was like a teenager. Yep, absolutely. He's a I, another Chappelle like you know where where well, I mean, I guess he was you know the original, but um, you know that they're comparable in the fact that they were both like phenoms. You know, they were both incredibly talented and 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 funny when they're, they were they're brilliant really they're brilliant people who work really hard at what they do who were lucky enough you know to realize that at a young age and like you know eddie murphy was on saturday night live when he was like 18 or 19 dave Chappelle started comedy as uh 14 mm-hmm. years old yeah i think dave Chappelle's like like four or five years older than that something like that yeah and he's been around for my entire life basically in comedy yeah, like I, I think half baked, which, which I didn't like. You know, I, still, I mean, now I, it's kind of grown on me a little bit, but I, mm-hmm. I don't think it's a great movie. But I mean, the Chappelle show, like I didn't initially watch the Chappelle show because I thought it would be bad because I saw half baked. Mm-hmm. But then it just became like you know impossible to ignore it because it was like a cultural phenomenon. And right. then you look back at all this, every stand up he does, the jokes are so brilliant. Even with, like the more like transgressive they are, the funnier they are because he just has like his finger right in the pulse of culture. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And he's a, and he is a genius. Yep. Yeah, I think I think they both are. I have like like I said before, uh love it or hate it, you know, Saturday Night Live was at least good for a while and Saturday Night Live would not exist if it weren't for Eddie Murphy. That show would have been canceled after, you know, six or seven seasons. Right, and it would be kind of like an SCTV sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And my wife and I were actually talking about this earlier today about uh, the Chappelle show. And I, I know the kids in the hall, I think is the best. And I, mm-hmm. I it's my fa- it, And a lot of it's because it's my favorite sketch comedy show. But if you go episode for episode, you know, like the amount of laughs squeezed into a single episode, it's the Chappelle show is like the best sketch comedy show for sure. Yeah, probably. Yes, I, I do. Like you, I prefer the kids in the hall. Um, yeah, I, like the, I thought the Upright Citizens Brigade uh, was really good, too. The sketch comedy show they had. It was only two seasons, but they had some brilliant sketches on mm-hmm. there, too. Yep. Yeah, that that's I think that's the one where uh, this guy like he, he somehow he decides that he's going to be gay or that he wants to be gay or something. I don't remember. And he's in a diner or something like that. In a it is a choice. Yeah, he's in a restaurant or something like that. Shout out to Jerry Falwell Junior. <laughs> and uh, the waitress says something like. Um, you know, like oh, you know, like what can pay, what can gay people eat? I think he says, and he's like, you can, you know, they want. yeah, gay people can eat whatever they want. And he's like, he just stands up and he goes, such freedom, <laughs> like he starts singing it. It's, I think that is, I think that is from that. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember exactly all the details of that sketch, but I remember laughing my ass off about that. Yeah, they they had some really really great ones, like some really just like bizarre stuff. Like, uh, <laughs> I think it was after he was already dead. They had a series of doorbells that had Wolfman Jack going, "Ow, there's someone at the door, baby!" <laughs> and they would just keep doing that, and then they they kept breaking, and they just would never stop doing that. And then Wolfman Jack's son came to repair them. Oh my god! It was really weird, but hilarious. Yeah, he died. Wolfman Jack died in 1995, so it definitely yeah, yeah. was after that. Oh God, Wolfman Jack. Yeah, and a, a lot of like, I mean, I feel that's definitely underrated because it was in Comedy Central, which you know at that time, especially it was before John. I think South Park slash John Stewart uh, Daily Show like really like knocked out of the park for Comedy Central, obviously. Mm-hmm. 
you know, a really increase of viewership. But that was like around the time where like, you know, Strangers with Candy, another really hilarious show was on for about two seasons. Upright Citizens Brigade about two seasons. Wasn't the state on or was that on MTV? I believe the state was on MTV. Yes. Yeah, I know a lot of people like that. I, I, I'm not a big fan of it. I mean, but um, again, that like spawned like a you know half a dozen like you know people who still are you know working as like you know comedic actors. Mm-hmm. Hey, Mike, take a listen to this. I see. Problem with your doorbell is a loose wire. I won't even charge you. Thank you. My husband can't fix anything. <laughs> now, I could fix this, or I could replace it. One of these new fancy dancy Wolfman Jack doorbells. You mean that dead disc jockey with the raspy voice endorsed a doorbell? Oh, endorsed these? No. Uh, but the bell does use his voice. Let me hook up real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I love the, the idea that he did not endorse it at all, but they just stole his voice. <laughs> Put him in the back door too. Oh, can I also put one on your grandfather clock here? He'll howl in the hour. <laughs> I don't think we should use any more of that. <laughs> There's such a debate. Oh, like someone's gonna be monitoring like a 15 year old or no, no, 25 ish year old a sketch comedy show that no one really watched. <laughs> you have a cease and desist from the upright citizen Jade. <laughs> In Wolfman Jack, it's the state. Right. Amy Poehler is really monitoring this because she cares. <laughs> oh, my God. Outside, it's some, the, the first comment on this is, outside of Chappelle's show, this was the best series Comedy Central ever had. Strangers with, with Candy would be in the top five. Was that my comment? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Strangers with Candy was, was also another excellent, excellent show. Yeah, very bizarre, which was great. The uh, bass player Mark Eibold from Pavement was on a couple episodes too. He played a bass player. Nice. Kicked him out of the band. Uh, he was in Jerry's brother's band because he was the only one who knew how to play. <laughs> and I think the only song he played was "Feel Like Making Love." <laughs> that's awesome. How much do you think it would cost to get the rights to "Feel Like Making Love"? Oh, that's interesting. I wonder if there's. I wonder if there's a database out there that gives prices for licensing rights I, I oh see if there's a cheap one we could use yeah let's what do see you think we'd, what do you think we'd be able to afford um informer snow maybe well what, what, what did you say informer by snow oh possibly let's see the cost to license a copyrighted yeah. song can vary wildly yeah no shit um you think? but is there a, a what i want to know is is there a place to license them there should be a date like someone should someone what should the, get on this cost a license song yeah maybe. i don't know all right let's see how to license a famous songs a famous songs yeah that's what it says all right let's see okay uh, let's let's pick a song how about wake me up before you go go all right <laughs> uh let's see cost that most of that money's got to go to andrew ridgely right uh i hope <laughs> i mean i don't think george michael can really spend it right now no <laughs> no he'd have a problem doing that you know he died on christmas day Jeez. yeah 
uh, of uh, some sort of heart failure related to years and years of drug use. That's so sad. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And also, don't forget, Andrew Ridgely uh, helped popularize the theory that vaccines cause autism. Did he? <laughs> no. Okay. I always confuse him with Andrew Wakefield, the, uh, oh, yes. the British physician. Let's see. Okay. <laughs> this is get permission. So maybe actually, uh, let's see. It's copyrighted by uh, Chapel and Company. Too bad it's not Chappelle. It's kind of spelled that way. <laughs> Almost cop- spelled that way. Copyright. Uh, one of the greatest things ever. And I'm not sure. It's either Prince or Ch- Dave Chappelle's birthday today. Mm-hmm. I saw like a, someone posted a picture of Dave Chappelle as Prince. So I don't know who they're saying it is. <laughs> but one of the funniest things ever is uh, Prince did like a single or an EP because, you know, Prince was very prolific. I mean, he obviously has like a lot of hits, but he released tons of music. And one of them... Uh, I think it was called like pancakes or something like that. It had a picture of Dave Chappelle on the cover as Prince, but he didn't ask for permission. Mm-hmm. And then Dave Chappelle was like, he's like, what am I going to do? Sue him for using a picture of me dressed as him. That's awesome. Like there's no way around. I mean, he could, he's like, okay, I'll, I'll sue you. You know? Right. Uh, okay. So it is $129 to license. Wake me up before you go, go for a one-time use. Yeah. One-time use. Huh? What do you think uh, would be a good theme if we could pick any song for our uh, show? What do you think? Any song for our show? Oh, jeez. Feel like like making love? (laughs) Feel like making love. Um, I don't know. Uh, How about I'm an Asshole by Dennis Leary? That'd be not a bad one. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other connections that we can make. Um, is Is there any songs about choking on pennies? (laughs) <laughs> not yet okay i guess we could write one but then we don't have to license it we'd have to well, pay we'd it. have to charge ourselves right and we go bankrupt i don't know what do you think well asshole's a pretty good a pretty good one yeah but yeah 129 dollars to use wake me up before you go go once not bad yeah How about i'm an asshole or not even on there oh let's see did you hear? I, I heard that supposedly Dennis Leary stole that song too. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that as well. Yeah, we'd be paying. Um, who is it? Uh, fucking Louis C.K. Right? Bill that, Hicks. Oh uh, yeah, Bill Hicks. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, Bill Hicks is who they say he stole most of it from. We also could not. Uh, he he doesn't have much use for that money. <laughs> See, I I, I still uh, you know no no ever found Bill Hicks funny. So Mike, he's just like a comedian that like, like he's like yeah he makes a lot of good points. <laughs> so Mike, I, I put asshole cost to license. You know the first thing that came up. Oh no, you should have done that. How much does it What's cost that? to bleach your asshole? <laughs> well, how much? Apparently, the cheapest approach is do it yourself, but it's risky. <laughs> Don't let Bill Monette hear that information. He'll use the wrong kind of bleach. You can buy an at-home skin bleaching serum cream or peel <laughs> online or at a drugstore. Peel? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like no amount of peeling will really reveal a lighter surface in that area. It's uh, about 44 bucks apparently, for at-home. All right. Well, if you're going to do that live on the show next time, that's cool. The uh, Yeah, okay. Well, once we get video, I'll do that. <laughs> no. The... 
Apparently the side effects or the risks are temporary discomfort. Yeah, no shit. Uh, burning, scarring, or incontinence. And apparently some of these... Uh, what the scar no one's going to see? Some of these creams contain hydro... Uh, uh, f- ah... Hydrochloroquine? Yeah, no, no, not hydrochloroquine. Well, I take that. Some of them contain demon semen. Uh, No, uh, hydroquinone. Quinone, quinone, quinone. That's how you say that. It's uh, banned in a lot of countries. Uh, The no asshole. A lot of countries with some dirty looking assholes. Exactly. You don't want to go to Bangkok. That's all I have to say. Oh, I don't want to. Okay, so, oh, wow. All right, $75,000 to license asshole. I don't feel it's worth it. No. <laughs> Do you think that question has ever come up beyond this conversation? How much to license that song? I, I doubt it. <laughs> Why? $75,000? Oh, my God. That makes no sense to me at all. Go fund me. Yeah, well, say so, yeah, yeah. Check the internet for a GoFundMe. I'm not going to make one, but check, check. It. I'm not either. Check it anyway to see if you can find a GoFundMe for our, our whatever, our charity drive. Our asshole drive. Yeah, our asshole drive. We want to penetrate the asshole and put it on the show. Oh my god! I wouldn't say that. I'd buy that for a dollar. Um. So that's uh, that's our show for the day. Yeah. Uh, if you got any uh, comments or, or oh, whatever, actually, Mark, I did want to make a comment. I, I read your review of Insomnia. It was really good. Oh, thanks. The review, not not Insomnia. Oh my god, that is the biggest piece of shit. Yeah, it's not a good book. <laughs> like like you said, it actually it actually does even make the Dark Tower slightly worse because the whole Crimson King thing. Not only is it probably just a reference to the prog rock band because mm-hmm. King likes that kind of shit. Yeah, but I mean, it's just it's just dumb. It, it, he really adds nothing. He's he's like easily this. The whole part where he's like throwing like fireballs from the Dark Tower was fucking ridiculous. Yeah, you could you could have made a decent book off of the very like the very small grain of premise of someone who can't someone who's having insomnia and starts seeing things. You could have made a good book off of that, but. The like the you know like I said I like I said in the review I like um the connections a lot of times to from one Stephen King book to another but the connections don't help this they destroy this book yeah by itself it, it's kind of interesting and, and maybe just like a sl- slight connections to the whole Dark Tower like I like the whole like atropos atropos clothos mm-hmm. kind of thing you know that's interesting yeah. But I mean, yeah, it's just, I mean, if they had, the, the kids should have just drawn like Flag or maybe a role and not like this new character that, like you said, kind of diminishes Randall Flag, who is a great villain. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, goodness. But uh, yeah, I appreciate you know, you that. Have you heard of the casting for the Dark Tower? Uh, is it on HBO series? Mm, yes, I did, actually. Oh, I guess I should have. Um... Oh, no, no, I'm thinking of The Stand. No, I haven't. I no, I haven't seen the casting for this. That's what I, that's what I meant. The stand. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I let's see. I don't. Did we talk about this on the show? But I, I think it's decent. But isn't like Amber Heard in it? It isn't she like a like a spousal abuser allegedly? Ooh, is it Amber Heard? She yeah. Let me see. 
2020. That's the one I want. Okay, so we got, um, let's see. No, 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 no. Oh, apparently she was on there. I don't see her now. Maybe they got rid of her. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. I thought she was still on there. No, yeah, she is. Okay, she's when you go to IMDb, she is anyway. Is so, yeah. she Naomi? I think she's Naomi. She's Nadine Cross. That's what I meant, Nadine. Yeah, uh, James Marston is Stu. That's fine, I guess. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Jovan uh, Adepo. As long as it doesn't shoot fucking lasers out of his eyes. <laughs> Giovanna Depo is Larry Underwood. Oh, they got Giovanna Depo. Oh yeah, yeah. That's... Isn't that the the girl who dances on Nickelodeon? <laughs> no, it's a dude. Uh, uh, I've never, it's, oh, he was um, he uh, is he something else that I might know? Yeah, he was young Will Reeves in The Watchmen. <laughs> okay, yeah, I like him. So he, yeah, he's Larry Underwood, the um, the musician. Okay, yeah, oh, that's a, the character. I don't really like the character that much, but I mean, yeah, it's it, not a bad choice. I mean, I like him; he's a good actor. Whoopi Goldberg, as we speculated, is Mother Abigail. I mean, I, I'll I'll watch Whoopi Goldberg in you know anything but her comedies, basically. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> agreed. Uh, Amber Heard is Nadine Cross, as we mentioned. Oh my god, she doesn't have the tits for that role. Do you remember Laura San Giacomo? Yeah, absolutely. What about that lady who tried to friend you last uh, week? Is is she available for this? <laughs> yeah, maybe she could maybe she could be Nadine Cross. Oh goodness. Um, isn't Marilyn Manson Trashman? Uh let me or see. Or as you might say Trashman. <laughs> I do like doing stuff like that. Let's see. Marilyn Manson is not listed on on IMDb. I know he's in it. Um, is, is Trashman listed as Brian Warner? That's his real name. Let's see. No, no, Trashman's not in here at all. So I, I'm guessing that that is who who he, he's doing. Somebody named Owen Teague is playing Harold. He looks very young. Okay. Um. That was that was wasn't the guy from Parker Lewis can't lose Harold originally. Uh, yes, that's correct. Yeah, he was. Who plays, uh, uh, is it not, not Nick, but Nick's, uh, guy who spells moon all the time. What's that guy's name? Oh, um, Tom Cullen. Yeah. Who plays Tom Cullen? Brad, Brad William Henke. I don't think I know that person. Well, let's see. I, I recognize his face, but he, he's one of those, that guys. Um, let me tell you what he's been in. Oh my God. He's been in 95 different things. Uh, let's see. Orange is the new black MacGyver, the new MacGyver bright. Um, he was in split. It was in split. Uncle John. Oh, the guy that, the guy that fucking rapes her, you know, the, the, like the, the, the guy that molests her, like we never see it, but it's clear that he did molest her and killed her dad. Um, let's see Hawaii, the remake of Hawaii five. Oh, he was in the movie fury. Draft day. Yeah, I haven't seen any. Of, I haven't seen any of this. He was on an episode of The Office. Played, okay, I, I no longer care about this guy. Uh, who plays Nick? <laughs> Rob Lowe still probably. Let's see. Uh, Chad Lowe. Ooh, maybe it is Chad Lowe. Skilo. Uh, who's Cobb? I don't remember. Do should I remember a Cobb? What's the name of the guy who was uh, in the jail? Uh, Lloyd. 
That's oh, who plays who plays Lloyd? Nat Wolf. I don't know that guy either. No. Nick is Henry Zaga. Okay, I don't know any of these people. He kind of looks like Rob Lowe. A little oh, bit. So it is Chad Lowe. <laughs> he hasn't been in many things. Uh, apparently he's in that New Mutants movie, which will never come out. Uh, and let's see. Cherry Pop. Oh, he's, he was in 13 Reasons Why. You ever seen that show? Haven't seen that. Nope. I'm not a teenager. Yeah. Or a woman. Yeah, my wife likes it. Your wife, huh? Well, she liked the first season, but um, I think she fell off. I, 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 they made other seasons. I don't think she watched them. She, like us, kind of. That, so that I guess 13 Reasons Why is based on a book, and the entirety of the first season like follows the book. And when it, when it's over... Like her story's over. The Hannah Baker story is done. The girl that killed herself. And they're like, let's make a season two though. <laughs> and I think my wife was like, Yeah, I'm not I'm not in for this. So she didn't watch oh, any of it. Speaking of that, I heard that that they were talking about doing a gladiator two. Nice. <laughs> in resurrecting Maximus. Yeah, what are, what are they gonna is it gonna take place in uh like Gladiator Heaven? <laughs> He's got to. It's it's like that movie. Uh, what dreams may come. He's he's got to save his family in Gladiator Heaven. I don't know. What a f- Gladiator Two. Yeah, keep going. You know what I think is great is that they will never make another uh, um, Back to the Future movie, and not and they'll never do a Back to the Future reboot at least as long as um, Robert Zemeckis and the other. Robert are alive. Robert, Bob Gale, Bob Zemeckis and Bob Gale. Those are the, the creators of, of it. And they've said many times, as long as we're alive, uh, we will never, we're not going to allow this. I mean, there are, I mean, a lot of people like those movies. They're, they're not bad. I'll watch them. Uh, the third one isn't especially good. Uh, I like the second one the best, but I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, good for that. I, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Like, just like still the Damon Lindelof, no Watchmen too. I really hope that holds up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I think the only way they do it is if they, they basically do it without him. I think. Or back a uh, Brinks truck up to the uh, door. Maybe, maybe, but he's been he's been a part of enough successful things that I really don't think he'd care. I think he'd just be like, I can get money. Yeah. From from to do something else. Like I really think that I kind of like Damon Lindelof. Actually, I was, you know, I was like turned off by a lot of the people associated with Lost, like J.J. Abrams and Lindelof and Carlton Coos and stuff. And Carlton Coos was part of the creative team on one of my favorite underrated shows, uh, The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. But I was turned off a-, a lot to them because they clearly didn't have any kind of plan. But as Damon Lindelof has separated himself, as they've all kind of gone their separate ways, and I see the different things Lindelof does, I'm like, okay, I think you were not the problem on Lost, because I like a lot of the stuff that, that he's done, and I like a lot of his writing. So I think he, he I think he's clearly successful, and, and he's the kind of guy that, like, he did the leftover, he did Lost, and he did the leftovers, and he did The Watchmen, and I think he's he's the kind of guy that's like, 
I like to do something, you know, like almost like being a write, like writing books, right? Like, I think that's almost how he looks at different series. He's like, I've got this plan and this idea for this series. Once that's done, I'm done. Then I'm going to move on to the next one. Completely different story, completely different, uh, you know, genre, even a lot of times. And I think that's, uh, that's kind of how he likes to create. And I, and I appreciate that. Fair enough. Uh, all right. Well, we will uh, we'll get out of here, and we will see you uh, next week. Uh, Mike, anything you want to add? Nope. All right. We'll see you next time then. Bye. See you later.